What's happening, everybody? On today's show, our SEC recruiting update with John Garcia Jr. Some big pickups recently for Tennessee, Auburn, and Georgia. Also, some guys starting to trim down their list of schools. We'll tell you who those guys are. Locked on SEC starts right now. You are Locked on SEC, your daily podcast on the Southeastern Conference. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. And what's happening, everybody? Welcome into Locked on SEC. Great to have you guys along. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. I'm Chris Gordy. Thanks for making Locked on SEC your first listen every day. Remember, Locked on SEC is free and available on all platforms, including YouTube and at LockedOnSEC.com. All right, let's dive right into it. We love catching up with this guy. He is our recruiting insider. He is John Garcia Jr. Give him a follow on Twitter at John Garcia under score junior john welcome in man how are you i know this is uh it's always a busy time of year for you <laughs> it feels like it chris uh, but good to be on with you yeah it's uh it's that full page turn from the 23 cycle to 24 and, and we're getting into the thick of it pretty quickly so it's fun yeah there was about that two-week span where people were finishing off the recruiting class and and you were seeing commitments and i'm like all right what class is this guy in like there were 23 guys there were 24 guys i'm like Let's be done with it. So now, yeah, we're full turn page. We're now on to 2024, and some teams already jumping into 2025 commits. But where are we in the recruiting schedule here with, with camps and 7-on-7 and seven seven teams and all that? Because I've been seeing some of the stuff like Under Armour was in Atlanta this past weekend, but where are we kind of in the schedule when it comes to recruiting? Yeah, it's it's just about to open up all the way. As you mentioned, we've seen the first kind of branded camps start to kick off their circuit. Under Armour was in Atlanta over the weekend. Huge turnout, as you would imagine, from that conventional SEC footprint. They'll be in Orlando this coming weekend. Excited to see uh, that crew come down to my home state. Uh, and then simultaneously, these seven-on-sevens have been going on for a few weeks. I think at the end of January, that Battle Miami event kind of kicked it off unofficially. And since, we've seen events across the country. Texas, California, Vegas had a big event just the other uh, weekend. So, yeah, the 7-on-7 seven seven calendar is a little bit ahead. The camp calendar is now beginning for the brands. Um, the Elite 11 just announced their full schedule starting in late March. So, yeah, we're about to be in full swing across all of the off-season spectrum, and then naturally we'll get to the college camp season uh, in the month of June as well. So everything's pretty much picking up steam, and, and as these kids navigate visits, they're participating in events and, and trying to up their stock there in the process. I got some specific guys I want to touch on with you, but before we get to that, anybody you saw recently out at some of these camps that maybe caught your eye and you went, hey, that, that kid can play? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I was at that uh, that Battle Miami event to, to kick off the calendar, and there were a bevy of prospects that really stole the show. I think the guy who's doing it at every single turn is, is Jeremiah Smith, uh, the South Floridian wide receiver, committed to Ohio State, but everybody is trying to change his mind, uh, whether it's, you know, the local Miami Hurricanes, certainly Florida, Florida State, uh, up into to Georgia, Alabama, everybody else trying to get involved with Jeremiah Smith. He's been kind of the class of the 2024 crop uh, that I've seen thus far, and he just, I think, ran a top five 200-meter time, uh, you know, to supplement some of the the game-breaking receiver stuff that we've seen from him. But, yeah, across the board, we've seen kind of that mix of 
the elite guys looking like it and then the rest of the crop catching up and guys that are starting to up their own stock kind of simultaneously. So that's the beauty of this time of year. We've got uh, some guys. It's been a couple of weeks since we talked with you, John, so I wanted to touch on some guys that uh, have made their decisions or their announcements here in recent weeks. And let's start with the Tennessee Volunteers. J.J. Harrell, one of the top players out of the state of Mississippi, a wide receiver, announces his commitment to Josh Heupel and the Tennessee Volunteers. Uh, what, are, what are they getting in J.J. Harrell? Yeah, an interesting, lengthy wide receiver, 6'2", 175 right now, so you know he's going to fill out as as time goes on here. But there's just a lot of kind of effortlessness on J.J.'s tape. Uh, Not a lot of polish, not real physical at this point. Um, But, man, when the football's in the air, he's hard to beat for it. He's got that catch radius that extends beyond what you would expect for for a 6'2 guy, meaning you could throw him the back shoulder and he can adjust to the football and, and kind of pluck it out of the air, but he's got this this other gear to his game as well. He factors into the return game and can take some short passes long with some some instinctive run-after-the-catch skills. So I think once the polish and the physicality and the weight catches up here, J.J.'s going to be a really solid wide receiver one candidate one day for, for Josh Heupel. So I like this early get for Tennessee because he's one – the more you see him, the more you like him. So for Tennessee to take this commitment right now, I think says a lot because he was just starting to heat up. I think Georgia was his most recent scholarship offer. Of course, Ole Miss, Mississippi State were heavily involved with J.J. as well. So to take his commitment while he's on the ascent obviously says a lot about your program because a lot of those recruits in that situation might slow down and say, well, let me see just how big I might get before coming off the board. But J.J. was obviously convinced uh, that that his next step is in Knoxville. So he jumped on board early, and and no surprise to see Tennessee take that commitment with open arms. Uh, Another guy Tennessee just got uh, about a week and a half ago, Marcus Gorey. Uh, I think uh, the composite ranking has him as a four-star. An athlete, listed as an athlete. Is he a guy going to be more defensive or offensive? Where do you see him playing? Yeah, two-way guy on Friday nights uh, in the state of Tennessee. But, man, I I really like his defensive stuff. I think when you are versatile and instinctive on that side of the ball, it's kind of a separator as opposed to what you might be offensively if if X, Y, and Z uh, kind of lines up. Uh, But, you know, defensively, Gorey is is an aggressive, instinctive kind of – glue guy you know maybe not elite at any one thing but he can play deep coverage he can certainly fill the alley and he's got that that two-way twitch where he can cover a slot receiver or maybe a running back out of the backfield all the same so at six foot 180 or so you like that skill set with the possibility of adding more weight and and kind of strengthening a strength allowing him to be a versatile uh, inside cover guy whether that's a safety or nickel spot down the line obviously in, in this day and age you need as many of those guys as, as you can get switching gears from Tennessee over to Auburn a guy in Hugh Freeze that hit the ground running with his uh, recruiting class for 2023 and the transfer portal and already starting to make waves for 2024 and just a couple weeks ago picked up a uh, 2024 quarterback in Walker White Auburn fans ecstatic about this kid. Uh, Number one player from Arkansas, I believe. But uh, what do you like about Walker White? Yeah, huge, huge get for Hugh Freeze and company. Uh, A recruitment that is a long one. Um, Typically, those don't go to the brand new coaches at their new posts, right? Uh, But Walker White's been a name for for two-plus years at this point in SEC circles. And he had all the offers to go along with it. He was a prime target for 
Bama at one point before they took Julian Sayan. Ole Miss was was really the favorite for Walker in the fall, taking a bunch of visits there to Oxford. And, of course, he's the number one player in Arkansas, as you mentioned. So surely the Razorbacks wanted him on board. But really his recruitment was was kind of up and down uh, after the season, and, and he played patient and allowed some of these new coaching staffs to pitch him. And, and he really embraced those scholarship offers, obviously Auburn being one of them. And it took one visit to the Plains uh, to connect with Hugh Freeze, and, and he wanted to align himself uh, along with his family, uh, w- with that new Auburn head coach. And you, you can't blame him, right? Um, he's a dual threat, big physical player right now uh, who can who can do it all with his arm and supplement there with his legs. It's why he, in my opinion, is a top 10 quarterback in the class and maybe is an ascending top 10 quarterback type uh, in this class. So you understand why Auburn fans are really excited about this, especially considering – Last cycle, they, they didn't really hit the portal at the position as well as we thought. They did everything else better than we we expected, but maybe not that quarterback through the portal. So a little bit of if you had to nitpick a disappointment, it would have been that. So to answer with a top 10 blue chip type quarterback right after the you know portal season winds down, I think is pretty much ideal for Auburn, not only positionally and, and filling what's always a need, but now he's going to kind of be the foundation of your recruiting class, and he can help be an extension of that coaching staff and bring other guys to Auburn. And he's he's been very vocal about that since committing. So big on the field and potentially in this class. Yeah, you have to love, uh, or at least he has to like that coaching staff. A few frees and Philip Montgomery, a former coach, you know, head coach, who, uh, big offensive minds there that can help mold him. And uh, we'll see what happens down the road there. Uh, we're going to get to more with John Garcia Jr. in just a second. So hang tight, John. Uh, but first, want to remind our listeners this episode is presented by our friends over at FanDuel. Uh, we just hit the midway point in the NBA season, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 as bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, super easy to use. You can bet on everything from the money line, point scores, uh, three-pointers drain. We know the tournament is coming up. Wink, wink, hint, hint. You know what tournament I'm talking about. And uh, you want to get in on the action, and FanDuel has got all of it there for you. They let you even combine bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. Don't miss your chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to uh, learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Continue our conversation with our recruiting insider, John Garcia Jr., one of the best in the business. And, John, continue on with a couple of guys who recently made their picks of SEC teams. Let's go over west to College Station, Texas, where the Aggies of Texas A&M just picked up a three-star quarterback in Anthony Maddox from the state of Mississippi. What are the Aggies getting in Maddox? Another guy who is just starting to scratch the surface. We talk about the Walker Whites of the world that have been established quarterback names for multiple years. Not the case for Maddox. He was just coming off of his first season as the starter for Oak Grove High School there in in Hattiesburg and had a great year. Ten wins, a dual threat guy, uh, only three interceptions, I think almost 30 touchdowns and 2,500 total yards. So really productive at a high-level program uh, kind of out of nowhere waited his turn and, and really took advantage of that junior season which is always the most important when you talk about quarterbacks so just as 
teams were starting to offer and and take in that 2022 tape. AM jumps in with an offer, and a couple days later, Anthony's ready to jump on board with a verbal commitment. Um, and he, he said, look, it, it's the track record, right? Not not only a new, new offensive coordinator Bobby Petrino, which has his own. You're talking Jimbo Fisher going back to the FSU days. You know, they brought up EJ Manuel and, and Jameis Winston, of course, uh, as, as first-round draft picks, and obviously a Heisman winner thrown in there on top of it. So that combination was something that they thought would be hard to pass up. But what's interesting here about Maddox is that, like, like we said, folks are just starting to hear about him just a little bit more. And other schools are, are kind of like, hey, well, maybe give us a visit anyway. We didn't get a chance to recruit you. So they are going to take some visits here going forward. So while it's a, a good get for Texas A&M and, and certainly um, you bet on your own evaluation at the right time and, and it was reciprocated by Maddox and his family, now Tennessee and Georgia, a couple other schools are, are circling the wagons just a little bit more now. So kind of both ends of the spectrum of taking a quarterback like that very early uh, when he profiles well, right? His dad played in the NFL. His dad's also on the coaching staff there. He's got a younger brother who's a blue chip D-line recruit in the 2025 class. So there's a lot to like about the the future and kind of the overall haul that you get in an Anthony Maddox just beyond the quarterbacking itself uh, and other schools are starting to take notice of it. But no doubt that AM is is where their head is at right now. They're going to take two or three trips to College Station here going forward. So not not a whole lot of reason to worry just yet, uh, Aggie fans, but certainly an, an interesting early take with Anthony Maddox and, and curious to see how his offseason goes because he's one whose stock theoretically is, is pointed uh, straight up. And probably one of those guys, the more schools that get interested, that three-star will become a four-star ranking, and we see that happen all the time. Uh, let's touch on, uh, speaking of four-star, we'll head out to the east again and uh, talk about South Carolina because Shane Beamer's done a fantastic job there recruiting in the last uh, 12 months. But M.J. Bennett, a wide receiver that chose the Gamecocks, and he had offers from Tennessee, Alabama, and Auburn, uh, but a big pickup there. Uh, what do you see in M.J. Bennett? Yeah, explosive in-state playmaker. You know, those are the kind of recruiting battles that you expect to be Clemson versus South Carolina. And, and those hadn't always gone the Gamecocks way. So to start to win those consistently, and we're seeing it a couple cycles in a row now, I think speaks volumes, like you said, to, to the trajectory that recruits view South Carolina as. Um, and Bennett was, like you said, a guy who who had that green light from from Nick Saban, had that green light from Josh Heupel, was committed to Tennessee at the end of, of the regular season. Um, so, you know, changed his mind, backed off, and, and South Carolina was, was kind of where he wanted to be. And, and that's a really big deal because he's one of those big names, longtime recruit, uh, not surprising anybody in terms of, you know, his name popping up. Uh, so to get that commitment early when a lot of schools were still trying to get in the game after that Tennessee decommitment, again, says a lot about the trajectory of how recruits view South Carolina and, and Shane Beamer specifically, they've been red hot in, in the class of 24 and there's really no slowdown in sight. This, this could be, you know, the best cycle early in, in Beamer's tenure. And that says a lot because the 23 cycle ended very spectacularly for South Carolina, of course. As a guy uh, over in Athens, Georgia, I'm trying to pronounce his name, Kirby Smart, I believe it is. He continues to crush it on the recruiting trail. Back-to-back uh, -back national championships, and oh, by the way, 2024 class already sitting there with 10 commits and the number one recruiting class again. Uh, Ellis Robinson, big five-star corner, chose the Bulldogs recently, considered by uh, many as the best corner in the country. Um, just another prototypical plug-and-play stud corner for Georgia. 
Yep, basically. 6'1", 190, polished, physical, IMG Academy, kind of all the boxes that you would expect to, to be checked for the next great uh, Georgia cornerback. I mean, th- this kid, Ellis Robinson, was the best DB at IMG as an underclassman last year. So I think that alone probably, you know, takes takes care of the evaluation. But, you know, long, competitive, very good with the football in the air, uh, can really run uh, as well. We mentioned the size, 6'1", 185 or so, very, very long, uh, originally from the Northeast. Um, and, and that's one of the areas where, where Georgia kind of struck gold with Fran Brown. You know, I remember – when he was hired a couple of years ago, a lot of Georgia fans were like, okay, a Northeast guy, DB coach, does that kind of add up? And, and since then, Fran Brown has been money, not only on the recruiting trail, but obviously from a developmental standpoint. He, he's been an ace in the hole for Georgia, and, and you don't get Ellis Robinson without Fran Brown. Bama was heavily involved, a bunch of other schools, Florida, LSU, very heavily involved in this recruitment, uh, and Georgia surged. Uh, so, again, I, I really like the timing of, of some of these decisions because – when you're winning blue chip battles in the early off season, when you're still answering questions about your future team, your future coaching staff, and so many other variables that could push recruiting to the wayside, uh, to still go out and win those battles says a lot about about your program and about your head coach. And, and that's you know, Kirby Smart and recruiting is always going to be a part of of his day to day. So Robinson is a huge get, easy headliner for this Georgia class, and and again, maybe the best defensive prospect overall in the class of 24, so uh, not a bad get for the two-time champs. And good news for the Bulldogs a couple days ago. Glenn Schumann confirmed he's staying on uh, as co-defensive coordinator. Had flirted with some NFL teams, but uh, sticking around there. Uh, Okay, Georgia's got 10 guys already. Alabama sitting there on the flip side only with four so far. Any freak-out factor for Bama fans only having four guys so far? And and to that note, note, I know wide receiver commit Ryan Williams, he put on a show over the weekend at that, that Under Armour event. Yeah, I'll start there. I think Ryan Williams is probably the best receiver at the event, and he's an underclassman, right? Class of 25. So, yeah, um, Bama's going to be quite fine. Uh, I think that's that's a great segue, uh, even though it's a bit of a slow start. I think a lot of schools are slow from a volume perspective at this point. Um, and, look, Bama had to replace both coordinators. I do think that's something important to consider. Uh, they do have some big fish within those four verbal commitments. Sterling Dixon's an elite edge rusher. Obviously, Julian Sayan, an elite top five type uh, quarterback on board uh, for Bama out of California. Interesting to see how that develops now with Tommy Reese as the OC there in Tuscaloosa. A lot of schools trying to flip Julian, but yeah, no panic. If, if your head coach is still Nick Saban and it's, it's late February, early March, hard to hit the panic button. I think I want to say early on my locked on tenure, you asked me about Bama last year, this time, very slow start, uh, and they ran away with the number one class when, when all was said and done. So this is kind of typical for, for Bama anyway, but replacing both coordinators uh, as well I do think slows you down just a little bit more. But it'll pick up. Spring practice getting going, and, and those spring and summer official visits will be very good to Bama, as they always are. A quick thought, LSU, they're sitting there at number three, and I just find it interesting that um, they got started quickly. A lot of the all the commits that they've got, it was all kind of either last summer or during last season. They don't have anybody that's really committed yet in 2023, yet already looking like a pretty strong class. So, you know, it, it looks like they already, like, laid the foundation, you know, during last season, and they're ready to get to work to get some more guys this year. Absolutely, yeah. Um, when you're in <laughs> – when you're LSU, you're always going to recruit well 
in the off seasons, right? You just have so much volume headed to Baton Rouge. So they took advantage last spring and summer for sure. And then the season they had, you know, helped them in the fall to land Colin Hurley, you know, who was a guy originally in the 25 class who reclassified to 24 and he's a top 10, top 15 type quarterback in the process uh, out of Jacksonville. He's another one that's kind of like Walker White with Auburn. We talked about a galvanizer, a guy who's very vocal, rah-rah about building this class, not only kind of indicating how strong his commitment is, but, hey, why, why don't you come join me at, at LSU? So Colin Hurley, big physical quarterback, uh, very calm, cool, and collected. Remind you a little bit of Jalen Hurts, both in how he looks and plays, which is a very b- big deal, obviously, in this day and age. Uh, so naturally you think of – uh, Brian Kelly's system and what LSU's got going on, you expect this class to be strong uh, throughout and and to challenge once again for a top five, top ten type value when, when all the dust settles in, in this 24 cycle. Uh, obviously, big visits ahead for LSU. I think this weekend they get going for spring practice. Got a lot of big names uh, headed to Baton Rouge, so you could probably expect to see some commitments before uh, the, the end of the spring period. One more segment with John Garcia Jr. We'll hit on some undecideds in just a sec. Continue on with our buddy John Garcia Jr. talking all things recruiting around the SEC. All right, let's hit on some of the big names, uh, John, who are names that are out there that are starting to trim down their list and just kind of where you think those guys are right now. Let's start with DeMello Jones out of the state of Georgia, big-time athlete, and he's basically got half the SEC on his list right now. Uh, what are you hearing yeah. about DeMello Jones? Yeah, big, impressive athlete. Like you said, two-way guy. I think a lot of folks are starting to think of him on defense in particular. Again, if, if you've got all these great traits and the size that go along with it, a lot of schools are going to campaign for you to do so uh, defensively. Uh, naturally, he's a guy that we just talked about, Fran Brown. He's another guy that Fran Brown has kind of latched on to. So I do think Georgia is in a good spot at this point. Uh, but like you said, the rest of the SEC heavy here, Bama, Auburn uh, as well. I think North Carolina is kind of an interesting ACC threat uh, to this verbal commitment, so we'll see how that goes down. But naturally, an in-state kid that Georgia wants in the secondary, tough to beat, you know, unless it's Nick Saban and it's a one-to-one or a 1v1 there. It's really hard for anyone else to come in and win that type of recruitment. So till I hear otherwise, I'm going to think DeMello Jones has a good opportunity to to stay in-state and play for the Bulldogs and and join Ellis Robinson and and then all of a sudden really strong secondary. (laughs) Uh, four-star athlete Aaron Butler. He's cut his uh, list down to five schools, and lo and behold, Alabama and Georgia right in there. He's a California kid, right, and uh, ranked in the top 100 player class. Yeah, Calabasas kid, uh, uh, former, I believe former USC commitment. Yeah, he's got a lot of schools across the country uh, heavily involved here. Colorado is, is trying to get involved there as well, but a lot of folks – see this one ending in SEC country as well. Georgia, Bama, both uh, among the schools that look like they're the leaders in the clubhouse at this point. And I think he's going to start to wind down the process here sooner rather than later. So if if that remains the plan, you could expect him to, to make that move from California to SEC country, which is becoming obviously more familiar, more consistent of, of a storyline here as, as time has gone on. Uh, but naturally, USC is in it. Uh, of course, the local school, um, you know, can they get him back on the commitment list? We'll see. But yeah, otherwise, you, you got to think that he's going to head to SEC country. And, and obviously, that's always good news for the Georgias and Bamas of the world. 
It was just a couple years ago. We had a ton of quarterbacks in the SEC from California, like Bryce Young yeah. and Matt Corral, among others. Uh, speaking of quarterbacks, the big one, the five-star quarterback, Dylan Rayola, number one player in the country, according to some services. Offers from Bama, Georgia, Texas, Texas A&M, everybody. But some people thinking maybe Georgia ends up landing him. Is this a guy who's going to kind of take this process and kind of look at all options and, and take his time? Yeah, I think he will. Uh, he was, of course, committed to Ohio State, I believe, in the fall, backed off of that uh, to the surprise of a lot of folks, you know, in, early in the new year uh, and really reset. But it was right around the time that Matt Rule got the Nebraska gig and Dylan's got all of these family ties to the Cornhuskers. He was back there this past weekend. Uh, I know uh, the the basketball fans were like chanting his name. It kind of went viral. So Definitely the, the biggest fish out there at the quarterback position and maybe overall in the 24 class. But no disrespect to Nebraska. A lot of folks feel like Georgia's been in the driver's seat here for, for quite some time. Obviously, as we talked about earlier with Bama changing coordinators, same deal for Georgia, although it was an in-house promotion with Mike Bobo, uh, with Todd Monken off to the NFL. So not as drastic a change maybe as, as going to Tommy Reese from Notre Dame. Uh, so I do think that Georgia's still in a good spot, but that that door maybe is slightly more open for other schools. Um, so Nebraska, again, the family feel that will tug at Rayola throughout this process. His dad, his uncle, so many people have ties to the Cornhuskers. And then there's USC, right? I think if there's any position where you feel like USC will go out and compete with anybody anywhere, anytime, it's it's for quarterbacks under Lincoln Riley. And, and certainly they've zeroed in on Dylan Rayola. Uh, so that's never a school to overlook uh, at this point or really any point uh, of the quarterback uh, talent acquisition process. So uh, yeah, Georgia, USC, uh, maybe Nebraska at this point, it does look like Ohio state is, is totally out at this point. So this isn't a, a reset and, and consider everybody's situation. This is kind of a move on situation from Dylan Rayola. So really those three schools are at the forefront, but as you said, Chris, with his talent and his offer list, you know a lot of schools are trying to circle back here. So the longer the recruitment extends, the more of a puncher's chance uh, a lot of schools are going to feel like they have, and, and he's not afraid to take some visits. So we'll see what that calendar looks like. But, yeah, right now, Georgia, USC, Nebraska, probably in that order. Yeah, if Lincoln Riley keeps uh, putting out Heisman Trophy winners, it's hard to argue with quarterbacks wanting yeah. to, go, to go play with him. Last one I have for you, four-star corner Jaden Allen, I see recently just decommitted from Texas. Uh, he's had offers from Alabama, LSU, and a few other SEC schools. Any chance Jaden Allen ends up in SEC country? Well, he could have if he stayed with Texas for sure, <laughs> technically. But, yeah, that one was a bit surprising to, to see him back off of his commitment uh, at this point. As you mentioned, heavy offer list here. And I get the sense that he's going to do two things. Take a bunch of visits, right, because the dead period is ending literally in a couple hours as we record this thing, and a lot of kids are going to hit the road heavy to take in some of these spring practices happening across the country and of course in, in April spring games themselves and then you wonder who else tries to join this race and circle back uh, to this commitment you know blue chip type uh, big defensive back prospect uh, that a lot of folks can use so curious to see who starts to push now that he's back on the market but yeah a lot of SEC programs are are involved and, and I think Texas is going to try to stay in this fight there uh, as well so curious to see if it's a total reset and how long uh, he's going to take to to move the process forward but I would expect a lot of visits uh, in between either way John great stuff as always man uh, as we wrap up here let uh, everybody know where they could find your stuff 
Well, thankfully, Chris, you, you got me covered. My Twitter's right there on the screen, John Garcia underscore JR. Uh, we talk ball at every single level, so come hang out. And, and maybe a, a, an announcement coming soon with some some other stuff in the works? <laughs> hopefully, hopefully. Okay. We're working towards something, um, you know, very, very humbling uh, part of my career here. But uh, it's been a blast. It's been a blast to, to talk recruiting here with the Locked On crew. So, yeah, hopefully some news soon. Uh, definitely stay tuned. We'll leave the mystery there. John, thanks so much for the time, man. We'll talk to you again real soon. Thanks, Chris. All right, that's John Garcia Jr., of course. Uh, give him a follow at John Garcia underscore Jr., one of the best in the business when it comes to recruiting. Thank you guys so much for making Locked on SEC your first listen every day. Make sure you go check out our brand-new podcast, Locked on College Basketball, everything you need to know about college hoops, all in one place. Here from some big-name experts, insiders, coaches, and players, Locked on College Basketball, available on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Chris Gorey. This has been Locked on SEC. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow.